One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Stan Wawrinka, and you're listening to the Aegon Championship Tennis Podcast. Four years away, but Rafa is back, and he's taking nothing for granted. There's no one player that is easy on the draw. Every player is very, very difficult, and you know, the first round for me will be tough against Dolgopolov. Uh, Tuesday also sees the return of Andy Murray, and he's got a new man in the team, Mr. Jonas Bjorkman. He's really putting everything in and working so hard to achieve his goals that it's quite easy to come in there, and it, you get very inspired as well, uh, being part of his great team, but everyone is working so hard. Stan Wawrinka just won his second slam title in 18 months, but what about those shorts? He can wear them most places, but not everywhere. Wimbledon is coming, cannot, I did ask to wear the same shot, but they didn't let me, so uh, I, have, uh, I still have those shorts maybe for here. Well, hello and welcome to the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph. And what a first day we've had here at the Queen's Club, and what a podcast we have for you as well. We'll be speaking to Jonas Bjorkman, a new member of Andy Murray's coaching setup. We'll be looking back on an opening day in which Rafa returned, in which Leighton Hewitt's single career at the Queen's Club came to an end, and Grigor Dimitrov fought back from a set and 3-1 down against Sam Querrey, a former champion here to level at one set all before the players were taken off for bad light and they will come back on Tuesday. We'll hear from John Barrett on Roy Emerson in Legends of Queens and if that wasn't enough we'll be playing our new Moet Moments tennis quiz and challenging Catherine once more. Well I'm David Law and I'm happy to say I'm joined by the former Great Britain Davis Cup player Mars McLagan, a man who coached Andy Murray and well... What a day we've had today, Mars. That was a pretty tasty start to the Aegon Championships, wasn't it? It was. There's always a great field here, but it's come started with a bang. The first two matches, both players surfed the match and, and uh, let things slip, and the other player was able to turn around. It was kind of sad to see Leighton Hewitt, uh, who surfed for his match against Kevin Anderson, didn't play the greatest of games, but he got a... a a great reception afterwards, and he spoke so well. I think that is a time how things, a sign of how things have moved on, because you know he, that that fiery teenager would not have spoken as well as he did after after a loss like that, uh, 11, 12 years ago. But he, you know, he, I think he realizes the fun that he's brought to, to this crowd that really do love him in London, and um, yeah, it was one of a one match that was part of an exciting day. Well. 
I'm the bloke who had to go onto the court afterwards when he just lost and see if he still was okay to do the presentation. And I have to say, what a gent he was. Um, he really did enjoy it, I think, in the end. It was obviously a hard uh, defeat to take. He was so close to victory today against Kevin Anderson, but it wasn't quite to be. But how well did he speak afterwards? I, I love the whole month of you know, playing in London on the grass courts, obviously. I've always said these courts at uh, Queen's are you know, possibly the best grass courts in the world. It's an absolute pleasure for all us players to come out here and, and play in this tournament. The crowds have supported me over the years and uh, I've been fortunate enough, obviously, to, to win it a couple of times. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have so many great memories of this tournament and uh, hopefully I can come back as a spectator later, later on. And I'm sure you would like to offer one word to all your family, various generations over there who've been with you through thick, but thick and thin, but mostly thick. <laughs> yeah, no, it's obviously been great. You know, my, my wife and three beautiful kids, my parents are here as well, and my close mates, my two coaches over there, Krabby and uh, Luch. So um, no, I owe them a hell of a lot. Uh, you know, it's fantastic that I can go out and obviously play here and play at Wimbledon and, and have my family and obviously my kids uh, will be able to remember me out there grinding away. So, um, you know, it's great that I can have those uh, lifelong memories. Well, that was Leighton Hewitt and you could tell he was pretty emotional about what happened out there today. And unfortunately, we won't be seeing him on the singles court anymore at the Aegon Championships. He will be in doubles, though, so maybe he can have a bit of a run in that competition. Now, Mars Rafael Nadal returned to the Queen's Club today. He plays his first match on Tuesday. He arrived at the crack of dawn today to uh, hit with some kids as part of the a Tennis Foundation initiative. He was in great spirits, obviously just straight off the plane last night night having arrived from Stuttgart where he won the title but Rafael Nadal is ready to go on grass isn't he? He absolutely is and uh, you know again part of an amazing lineup tomorrow I think that title under his belt done the world of good only one title so far this year we normally expect him to wrap up a few clay court titles so I think that's a you know a little bit of weight off his shoulders and he got better and better as it went on but he does have a tricky opponent tomorrow Alexander Dolgopolov who's who can play some good tennis will enjoy the crowd and make things difficult for for Rafa. Well Rafa has been speaking to our very own Catherine Whitaker. There are so many champions here that have gone on to win at Wimbledon. Your record here is incredible. Every time you've played here, you've reached the final or won Wimbledon. Was that part of the motivation to come back here? No, my motivation, <laughs> that's not the reason. No, the reason is, is easy. You know, I, I played in Halle the last couple of years and uh, uh, it's a big change playing on Halle than comparing to Wimbledon. The courts are so different, so I didn't have I didn't have the, the right success on, on Halle. It was very hard always for me there. So I decided to come back here to, to Queens. No? And I, I like this club. I like the, the tournament. And at the same time, you are in London. Given just how much spotlight and pressure there was on you in the whole French Open, the whole clay court season and in Paris, is it nice for you to come onto grass where, relatively speaking, there's perhaps a little bit less attention on, on you and how you're playing? No, seriously, I don't care much. No, I am not anyone that. No, a lot of years on the tour, uh, uh, something that really don't affect much to me. <laughs> the only thing is, you play well, you have better chances. You play worse, uh, you have less chances, and that's what happened. <laughs> and of course, you're coming here now off the back of a, a grass court victory in Stuttgart. How how do you rate your confidence in comparison to the rest of the season? Is it at a high now? Oh, the, the last month and a half, I am playing better. Seriously, no, and I am enjoying more on court. Just question of time. First three months and a half have been very bad for me, but last month and a half changed it a lot. No, and uh, 
I feel myself happy on court, enjoying, and with the right motivation to to fight for for the next step, next goals, and I hope I'm gonna do it. So there's Rafael Nadal, who's in action on Tuesday. And as Miles mentioned a little earlier, we've had so many good matches. And to think we didn't actually manage to complete the final match of the day between Grigor Dimitrov and Sam Querrey. And really, Dimitrov looked in a bit of trouble, didn't he, before they came off eventually at once at all for bad light when Dimitrov just about managed to turn on the afterburners. Well, he didn't just look in trouble. He was in deep trouble. He was setting 3-1 down against Sam Querrey, the big-hitting, big-serving American. And uh, he really nailed his focus and, and reeled off uh, five games in a row to turn that set around. And I think with the, the sort of form he, he was in, was a little, probably a little disappointed that uh, they called it off for light. But, uh, yeah, an, another great match that, to kick the tournament off. It's going to be fascinating to see how that one resolves on Tuesday. But Grigor Dimitrov is still alive. Legends of Queens. Roy Emerson was arguably the fittest man who ever played tennis. He was a training fanatic. He practiced hard too. I mean, it wasn't just that he went training all the time, but he, he did. Wonderful serve volleyer in the days when serve volley and grass court play. Of course, Australia in those days was all grass tennis. Born in Queensland in 1936 and raised on a farm where he would milk cows as a boy, Emerson won 12 Grand Slam singles titles, a record that would stand for 33 years. At the Queen's Club, he went undefeated between 1963 and 1966 and holds a record equaling four titles. He was a terrific player, great serve volleyer, uh, a hustler, and a great sense of humour. He had a great joker. So he was always playing tricks on people. <laughs> he loved life, as all those lovely Aussies did. He just loved life. The great John Barrett on one of our Legends of Queens. And John will be back tomorrow with another. Now another legend in the making, Andy Murray, starts his 2015 Aegon Championships campaign against Yen Sun Lu on Tuesday. And I've been talking to the new addition to his coaching setup, Mr. Jonas Bjorkman. And as Jonas told me, it's eight years since he was last here at Queen's. It's very exciting to be back. You know, Queen's uh, was always one of my favourite tournaments. Uh, I love playing on grass and I always prepared for... for for that short period of time when we can play on grass, so it's really nice to be back. Whenever I see you and think of this place, I, I just remember being courtside when you played Pete Sampras and beat him when he was at his peak in 2007, I think it was, and, and you, you got all the way to the semi-finals that year, and you were half volleying Pete Sampras serves on the, on the service line almost. It was unbelievable. Yeah, well, obviously that's a great memory for me to... Uh, uh, Beating Pete on grass, uh, which probably was his best surface, and uh, you know he won Wimbledon so many years and the Queen's tournament, and uh, to beat the number one and one of the best players ever yeah, was obviously a great achievement for me. Uh, unfortunately, I lost in the semis uh, to to Philippusis, but uh, it was a great great week. Now here you are back in another role, working with Andy Murray. How, how, how is it? Yeah, it's different. Uh, yeah. I've, I mean, obviously, uh, I was in Munich uh, with a team, uh, and uh, you know, when you sit 
outside the court it's a lot tougher i think because you can't do anything you know and and you really hope obviously that you know the result will be there but uh, it's more nerve-wracking sitting uh, off the court than being on the court when when he made the call to you i assume that's how it worked what what did he say to you well he uh, he he wanted to be a little bit more aggressive uh, uh, trying to look for uh, come into the net a little bit more and he actually did that. I remember that when when I lost to him in the in the open uh, when he was young. Uh, he he, I think he was more aggressive at the time. But then, you know, the, the game has changed and everything changed. Uh, but you know, hopefully, you know, together with Emily, uh, we can uh, you know work our way uh, into a position where he will feel more comfortable. I think it's all about. Uh, but you need to do a little bit more extra practice on it. Uh, it's no doubt that he has uh, the skills and everything. But when you um, when you feel comfortable up at the net, you have your positions right. Then obviously you will hit better volleys. So so it's all about you know hopefully coming in a little bit more. And um, that was uh, something that I always tried myself. Uh, I didn't have the big weapons from the baseline, so I had to chase the net as soon as I could. So. Uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, do a good job to go, uh, together, me and Emily. And Emily's somebody you know pretty well because your careers coincided, didn't they? Yeah, we did. We, we, we did uh, play for most of the time uh, during the career. Uh, we didn't have so many uh, combined events uh, like it is now, uh, but she was uh, uh, hanging around with uh, Fabrice Santoro. Uh, they are great friends, and uh, me and uh, Fabrice... Uh, are good friends, so she was one of one of the girls that uh, I knew a little bit more, and uh, I always liked the way um, you know she played, and you know she always had a strategy behind with with uh, mixing it up with the slice and the topspin, and so uh, you know we we had a lot of uh, good chats here for the last uh, couple months, and uh, you know I think it's uh, it's going to be uh, exciting to to be part of this uh, great team, and. I just wonder, because you retired in 2008 and not every player enjoys retirement that much because they miss tennis. What has it been like for you and, and now that you're back on the circuit? I mean, that's, that's quite a big commitment, isn't it? It is. Uh, I have to say that uh, I loved every moment of, of retirement. Uh, I was uh, very fortunate to, uh, to play tennis uh, as long as I wanted. Uh, and once I felt that winning wasn't the same good feeling and losing wasn't hurting me as much, I, I was mentally ready to uh, to stop. And uh, I had the, the choice of stopping whenever I wanted. There was no injuries. And so every time I uh, been coming out uh, to the courts or to new events, uh, I always... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. I enjoyed it to, to catch up with all the, the guys out there, all the familiar faces, uh, but uh, I never had any what do you say, like regrets of, of going out on the centre court and play. Yes, it would be would be awesome to play in, in, in front of a full house uh, centre court at Wimby, but I also know how, how much work you have to put in to be in good shape and, and be there. So uh, I was very satisfied when I retired and I always had to be, I always also had a, a plan of what, what I should do after my career and I think that's important. Uh, so uh, I've been super busy since since my retirement. You mentioned that when you played, you always had a strategy, tactics. And I remember you used to yeah, go on the court and take it to these guys who arguably could hit the ball harder than you and you would sometimes win. I just, you would have played, you obviously played matches against Roger Federer. I remember that massive match, you opportunity you had to play him at Wimbledon when he was absolutely at his peak. What is it going to be like preparing another player who perhaps has different weapons to you against those same players? Well, uh, it's, it's quite easy because uh, with Andy, you know, he has uh, so many big weapons. Yeah, he's got such a huge game and uh, he's so professional on and off the court and, you know, he's really putting everything in uh, and working so hard to achieve his goals that, you know, it, it's, it's quite easy to come in, in there and it's very inspiring. In, you get very inspired as well, uh, being part of his great team. That everyone is working so hard. So, yeah, I, I think you're adjusting quite well. Uh, and then obviously, uh, you try to find small pieces where where we together uh, can hopefully help him to improve percentage-wise. Because obviously, you know these guys are almost as perfect as a tennis player. So. We've got to look for small pieces here and there to uh, improve and hopefully he will be able to uh, achieve his goals. But it's very exciting. Now, I've seen what he's like backstage, that he likes to, to give everybody a little bit of a hard time. And, and I remember in your career, you used to quite like doing that as well. So what is the vibe like for you guys behind the scenes? I would say that that's obviously the best part of it because I love that. Uh, so... Uh, you know, I'm I'm happy uh, to uh, to take some if I should say that, and 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 also pretty quick to give if I get the opportunities. Uh, but I I think that comes to uh, you know every day of uh, enjoy yourself, have fun. Uh, you put so much hard work in, but you need to have a, a good laugh uh, every day. And uh, you more you can enjoy yourself, and you more you could be feeling that you've done something good every day. I think that's also where you're going to have better results. Uh, 
So uh, it's a great uh, team spirit, and he got some superb people around him, which makes it very easy to to come in here. And uh, everyone been very friendly, and uh, you know I've been enjoying it from from the day one. So there's Jonas Bjorkman, the man who's now charged with helping Amelie Moresmo direct the career of Andy Murray, and you, Miles McLagan, were a man in charge of doing that a few years ago. What is it going to be like, do you think, that sort of coaching arrangement? I think they'll have a lot of fun. Uh, that's something that was always, uh, you know, people didn't realise with Andy. There's, there's tough moments on the court, but around it, there's, there's a lot of fun. And obviously, in Andy Murray, there's such a huge talent to work with. And, uh, and um, you know, I know Jonas thinks he can play a lot more of an attacking style. I think he's been doing that this year and I think it's worked very well. I think it's going to work even better on the grass because it's it's easier to play, uh, throw in a bit of serve and volley and that backhand's going to be so effective. But uh, Jonas was a, I mean, he loved being on the tour. He was a guy who loved being in the locker room and joking and messing around with the guys. He was super competitive, a, a really great fighter. And I think those are uh, a definite couple of assets that, that, you know, Andy Murray, we know is a competitor. He likes having those sort of people around him who keep the competitive juices flowing. And he's such a positive guy, isn't he, Jonas? He, he is. He was, you know, he was known for, he'd give a fist pump when he won the coin toss. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he is. And I think, uh, you know, for all his experiences, years on the tour, it's a it's a different uh, voice uh, in Andy's ear, and I think he can, you know, just help direct him in, and I think keep just keep Andy going the way he is because I think this year uh, he really has been an upward curve. So as much as anything, it's about just trying to keep that uh, keep that rolling. That's Jonas Bjorkman, who is in the corner of Andy Murray this week. Right, now let's find out how much these tennis players actually know about stuff. Every day during the Aegon Championships on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, we're going to have a Moet moment. What's that? Well, listen to this with John Isner. John Isner, your Moet moment challenge starts now. Who won the Aegon Championships here at Queen's last year? Uh, Grigor Dimitrov. Correct. Who won it two years ago? Silic. Incorrect, Andy oh. Murray. How many Grand Slam titles has Andy Murray won? Two. Correct. Which former Wimbledon champion did Nick Kyrgios beat at Wimbledon last year? Uh, Nadal. Correct. When did Boris Becker win his first Wimbledon? 82. 1985. How old was Leighton Hewitt when he won at Queen's for the first time? 19. Correct. How many times was Andy Roddick beaten in the Wimbledon final? Twice. Three times. How many Queen's titles did Tim Henman win? Zero. Correct. Which two players who are playing at Queen's this week reached the Wimbledon semi-finals for the first time last year? Uh, Brownich and Dimitrov. Correct. Finally, who, what was the score in the fifth set when John Isner beat Nicholas Mahout at Wimbledon? I know this one, 70-68. Well, he didn't do too badly there, did he, John Isner? I didn't think he'd be quite that good at uh, that. He knew loads of tennis stuff, but not everything. Now, can somebody beat him? We'll soon find out over the next few days here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. Now, Miles, before we uh, go over to Catherine and find out her predictions for tomorrow in Challenge Catherine, which we do every day here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast, let's you and I have a little chat about this order of play, because it is a who's who, because not only have we got some wonderful matches, as 
we speak to you at the moment, we're not even sure exactly where they're going to slot in the last set of Dimitrov against Mr. Query, who've just ended at one set all overnight because of bad light. As the order of play looks at the moment, it is Nick Kyrgios against Stan Wawrinka, and we were talking last night about how there were gasps in the auditorium when that draw was made. That is something to look forward to, isn't it? We're going to see the newly crowned French Open champion, um, and the, with the sort of form he showed at the end of the French Open, we're all eager to see uh, if with riding the confidence if he can maintain that but he is against the Aussie who has got so much power so much talent loves playing in front of a crowd and would love to be the man who beats the newly crowned French Open champ who are you going for oh that's a great I think I might uh, I think I might take Kyrgios on that one he's probably had a little bit uh, more time to prepare and uh, that might just get him through Let's hear from the French Open champion. Catherine has been speaking to him and asked him how big a deal the last few weeks have been. It was something amazing, something big for me to win the uh, French Open. I had a really long day of media, the Monday, all day, and uh, came back home uh, Tuesday, Tuesday night, uh, late. Sorry, uh, I had a few days at home uh, trying to trying to rest. I was really tired mentally, physically, trying to spend time with family, my daughter also, and practicing fitness a little bit before coming here. Ross always been tough for me. I think last year I was I was playing really well, uh, making some final here, quarterfinal, uh, Wimbledon. I was playing my, my, my good tennis. Uh, I still think that I can play some, some good tennis on grass. It's just like it's a little bit different. You need a lot of confidence. Uh, you need small details can, can change a lot the results. So, so I, will, uh, I always need time a little bit to adapt on the grass, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm happy to, to take the challenge, trying to, to do the best I can this year. You famously said a few years ago, and I don't know if you really regret saying this now, I'm the Swiss guy that loses. How different do you feel now to the man that said that? It was it was it was like that, and it was normal when you when you Swiss player and the number one is Roger Federer, who's been the the best player ever, winning everything. That's normal. That uh, you look a little bit the Swiss who lose, but uh, no, let's try to improve. Let's try to do the best I can, uh, uh, trying to win everything I can. Uh, since two years, it's been it's been amazing. It's been crazy for me, uh, knowing that now I have two Grand Slam. That's something uh, something amazing. So after that, later on in the day, we've obviously got the conclusion of Dimitrov against Query. We've also got Rafael Nadal against Alexander Dolgopolov. Not a match that in the past Nadal has had his all, all his own way because he lost to him in Indian Wales last year. But Nadal's just starting to find a bit of form now. He absolutely is coming off the back of that win in Stuttgart. And not only the matches on grass would have helped him, but just the feeling of holding up a trophy at the end of a week, which, would have, which he became so accustomed to and hasn't done so much in recent times. The, the Ukrainian is a very tricky player, one of the quickest on tour, one of the most unorthodox, and definitely has the weapons to, to worry Nadal. But I, I think the, the confidence and the, the, the more recent form from the Spaniard will carry him through. After that, it is Jensen Liu taking on Andy Murray in the top seed's first bow here at the Queen's Club in 2015. Do you think Liu can cause any trouble for Murray? He's beaten him before, but that was a heck of a long time ago in the Olympics. A little while ago in, in Beijing, and he's a beautifully, beautiful timer of the ball. Jensen Liu hits it very cleanly, but I think Andy Murray is on a mission. He's playing great tennis. He's on a very uh, positive upward curve with his form this year. The, the form he showed on the clay court season, uh, the confidence he'll bring from that he's going to be an extremely tough man to stop on a grass court 
Certainly is. Miles McLaggen here with us on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. The next match that will be featured on the Queen's Club Centre Court after that will be Marin Cilic against Adrian Manarina. There were matches everywhere. They're on court one. John Isner's in action against the young American qualifiers. Yet Jared Donaldson. Do you know much about him? I don't know, but I was just gonna, isn't it amazing? On, on a day that we've got Vavrinka, Nadal, Murray and Cilic on centre court, it's, it's Murray and Nadal who aren't the Grand Slam champions that we're going to see. It's the other two, you know? Bizarre, isn't it? Gilles Simon against David Goffin on court one as well. Felicio Lana Lopez is out there too. He reached the final last year. And there's doubles action as well. Rafael Nadal in doubles action against Milos Raonic and his partner, Eduard Roger Vassalan. So there is tennis everywhere to enjoy at the Aegon Championships tomorrow. Now it's time for Challenge Catherine. Catherine. It's been a cracking first day of tennis. Beautiful. So many long matches. They seem to go on forever, didn't they? Yeah, it's been cracking for everybody but me. I feel like this segment should be redubbed Humiliate Catherine. That's um, a good idea. <laughs> well, I mean, it has been done. There we go. I've, I've dubbed it Humiliate Catherine. And uh, it's about to continue for, for day two. What on earth have I signed up for here? Yes, just to give you an update, listeners, uh, Catherine predicts the winners of the centre court matches, uh, the singles matches, as do yourselves. And the one that we go with is the first person to respond to us on Twitter at Tennis Podcast. That person was Danielle last night, and she has defeated Catherine Whitaker 5 3 overnight. Whoa, 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 there, because there's one unfinished match, and. Uh, Danielle is currently unable to correctly predict the result of that match. I, however, am still in the game. So let's not let's not call the 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 the, the fat lady has not yet sung in this contest. So uh, so that is on the record. Catherine Whitaker there. Now, day two of the Aegon Championships. Let's find out what our listener, SK at Knowles fan, says. She reckons it is going to be Kyrgios in three for Kyrgios against Vavrinka. What are you saying, Catherine? That's really annoying because that's also what I was going to go with. And it's going to sound a lot here like I'm just copying the listeners because that's my best chance of not humiliating myself. But I'm going for Kyrgios in three. So there it is. Uh, the listeners are going for Nadal against Dolgopolov with Nadal in two. What do you think? I think Nadal in two. She actually just genuinely think this because can I, I, go, I... Can I go first, please, before you read out the listeners so that I can prove that I'm not just copying? Okay, then. Andy Murray against Yusen Lu. Uh, Andy Murray in two. Murray in two is what the listeners say. Stop ca- copying Catherine. Uh, Chilich against Manorino. Catherine. Uh... Chilich in two. Ah, Chilich in three is what the listeners say. So that is another episode of Challenge Catherine that has been completed so far here on the Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast. Day one has been completed. It has been a fantastic day. We've seen so much drama on the centre court. We're going to have more tomorrow. The Aegon Championships Tennis Podcast is brought to you in association with The Telegraph. We'll be back every day this week. Thank you. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market